Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles to uh, Titus chapter 1. We'll finish up chapter 1 today. As we've seen so far, uh, this is a letter from Paul to Titus. It is a letter to Titus, who is a pastor on the island of Crete. Um, and uh, Paul had uh, probably traveled with Titus. He had uh, uh, come to Crete to, to plant churches there, and uh, he didn't stay long enough to be able to put everything in order, to be able to teach them everything that was necessary, uh, and to be able to set up the kind of leadership that was there. He, he planted the church, he preached the gospel, and then he moved on. But he left Titus there to set things in order. Um, Titus was to, to help them to appoint leaders. Um, and uh, he, he was to preach uh, the gospel, continue to preach the gospel, um, and, and he was to uh, make sure that the church stayed firm to sound doctrine. Um, what we're going to look at today, uh, at the end of the text we looked at last week, he, he said that uh, uh, a pastor, and, and Titus in particular, must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may not so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it that's not fun job for a pastor to rebuke those who contradict it sometimes it happens and and what we'll see here in the text we're going to look at today these false teachers that uh, that Paul is concerned about on the island of Crete. There are people who, who rose up within the church and, and Paul was telling Titus it was his duty to rebuke them. Um, part of the duty uh, of a pastor is to make sure that we, we stay firmly planted in sound doctrine and to rebuke those who contradict it. And, and uh, so we're going to look at... Uh, one of the things Paul is pointing out that needs to be rebuked today. Let's read our scripture, starting in verse 10, Titus chapter 1, starting in verse 10. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that uh, You have spoken to us. 
Lord, these are not just words on a page, but the Bible is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword. Lord, we pray that you would do your surgeon's work on us this morning as we look into the pages of your word. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, that your sword of the word would cut away our sin, would cut away any wrong thoughts that we might have. Lord, that you might instruct us by your very word in sound doctrine. Father, be with me. Lord, I am, I am weak and frail. I am a, a, a sinner and, and I am prone to get things wrong sometimes. Lord, I pray that you would protect me, Lord, from, from error. Lord, I pray that you would give me your grace as I preach your word. Give me strength and help me to be faithful to what your word says, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The problem of false teachings was nothing new to Titus. Uh, you, we heard the Old Testament passage that Charlene read. And uh, God was telling Ezekiel to prophesy against the false prophets in, in his day. Uh, there were people who claimed and who said, thus says the Lord, but it wasn't the Lord who sent them. Um, it happened in Ezekiel's day, and it's really been something that's been around from the very beginning. As the serpent twisted Scripture, uh, well, as, as the serpent script twisted God's words in the very beginning, God had uh, commanded Eve and Adam not to eat of the fruit lest they die. And, and Satan, he took that very word and he twisted it and, and made them doubt that God really loved them. That, that what God wanted was really for their good. And false teachers have always done that. They twist what is good and make it into something that is twisted and ugly. Well, here, Paul, he tells Titus that there are those who will rise up within the church there in Crete, where he's serving, who will be false teachers, who will be insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers. Uh, insubordinate has to do with, you know, with, with uh, uh, not submitting to authority. They'll want to go their own way. You know, uh, Titus here was told in the last verses that we looked at, he was to appoint elders, and these elders that he was supposed to appoint were not to be given to insubordination. Uh, when they were to meet together, um, uh, they were to submit, you know, and a pastor has, is under the authority of a church. Uh, we're not to be going off on our own and preaching just whatever we feel like. We are under submission to the Word of God. We are under submission to the local church. So insubordination is a, is a heart that just wants to do whatever makes that person feel good, makes him feel powerful, makes him feel in control. And Paul said there are many who are like that, who want power. And who want to buck the authority. 
Paul says there are many like that, and there are many empty talkers. You probably would think of maybe a politician, an empty talker. You can listen to a politician, and he'll give this speech about what he believes about an issue, and at the end of the speech you're thinking, okay, which side was he on anyway? (laughs) You, you, You may say a whole lot, but at the end you're like, what did he say? It's empty talk. And I think there's a lot of preachers that are like that. You might listen to them and they might sound appealing. They might sound, well, they've got, they've got good stories. And you get to the end and you're like, what was the point? What was, what was the point of what they had to say? That's empty talk. And there are many, Paul says to Titus, that are insubordinate that are empty talkers. They, they may be gifted at getting up in front of a crowd of people. They feel confident. And really, what all, they, all they have to say is just empty talk. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Deceivers. There's insubordinate, there's empty talkers, and there's deceivers. There's those that uh, they, they, they long for leadership in the church. They, they long uh, maybe to be in ministry or to pastor, but what they have is not the true gospel. And they, 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 they come in like wolves in sheep's, sheep's clothing. And they deceive people. Paul then, he says, especially those of the circumcision party. Now, here, Paul, he was, he was talking about in general. There, you, you see, in general, there are, are people who will be insubordinate. There will be people who are deceivers. There will be people who are just empty talkers. But he, he says, watch out particularly among these, this circumcision party. Well, what is the circumcision party? When we look at Acts chapter 15, we look at the book of Galatians, and there was this party among the early church. There was this group of people that they said, you have to become Jewish and follow Jewish laws in order to become a Christian. They were saying that Gentiles, if they wanted to accept the gospel, they also had to be circumcised, and thus the name. They were the circumcision party. And basically, the, the, the message that they had was, it's, oh yeah, we want to have Jesus, but it's Jesus plus this. It's Jesus plus keep the Jewish laws. And in so doing, they distorted the gospel. They distorted the gospel so that it was no longer any gospel. They made the gospel of free salvation to all who believe turned into keep these laws so you can be saved. And they turned the gospel on its head. Paul says among that party, that legalistic party, that party that says, yeah, we're going to preach Jesus, but you have to keep these rules. You have to, to, to... Look like us. Maybe you've seen this kind of legalism. Maybe not the same kind that you would see among the early church where where they demanded circumcision, but there were extra rules that go beyond the Bible. That go beyond... uh, Or or saying that even the the laws that we have, the the good principles that, that God has revealed that we are to live by, that those are a condition upon salvation. They're not a condition. 
We don't follow the laws or clean ourselves up or make ourselves good people in order to be saved. That's the problem with the circumcision party here. No, we hear the gospel of Jesus about how he came and he lived a sinless life for us, about how he died upon the cross, was buried and rose again. We believe on him. We believe that that was done for us and we throw ourselves on his mercy. And that alone. We don't have to clean ourselves up first. We don't have to make ourselves presentable. As the old hymn says, all the fitness He requires is to feel your need of Him. That is the pure gospel of salvation by grace through faith. And Paul says there were those of the circumcision party who were insubordinate. They, they bucked this sound doctrine of grace through faith alone. They were, they were deceiving. They, they may have been slippery and tried to say that they were holding to this, but in reality, they were still demanding more than just faith in Jesus as a condition on salvation. Paul says to Titus, they must be silenced. These are harsh words, aren't they? They must be silenced. When does a pastor want to do that? I hear those words directed at me as a pastor from Paul saying, when you see something like this, something like this legalism creeping in saying it's Jesus plus this, the pastor's duty is to silence it. Don't let them even speak, Paul says to Titus. A pastor has to have courage for that. He might do that, and, and you know, uh, churches are a network of relationships. And so you say this to somebody who is, is in this false teaching, and then they've got friends over here, and they start to criticize you, and by the time you know it, you're out of a job. But the pastor's duty, whenever false teaching arises, whenever legalism arises, the pastor needs to silence that false teaching. The consequence of this false teaching, they were upsetting whole families. They were overturning whole families. Whole families were, were being sucked in by this drawing, this doctrine, and they were turning away from the true gospel. And they were being upset and, and uh maybe they were struggling with assurance of salvation. You know, if you feel like if you're hearing teaching, false teaching that says it's Jesus plus, and then you look at your life and you see, I just don't measure up. You can imagine how this would be upsetting whole families. Jesus, He accepts us just as we are, just as I am without one plea. As we sing, He accepts us right as we are when we are saved. Now, He changes us. We do. We, holiness is important. We are to live a life that honors Jesus but that's a result of our salvation. It's not something we do to become saved. And this was upsetting to whole 
families to hear this false teaching. Maybe it was disrupting their assurance of salvation. Upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the problems with these false teachers, they they were doing it for what they could get out of it. Maybe it was monetary. Monetary. You know, when you, when you preach a gospel about good works, people like to hear that, believe it or not, even though it's not the true gospel. People want to hear, be a good person, because it lifts up our pride. A gospel of good works is no gospel, but it lifts up our pride. And so, you can probably get a, a pretty good following with a gospel that says you need good works. Verse 12, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. One of the commentaries I read, this might be humor. Think about it. It was a Cretan who said it. In fact, we actually know because of uh, uh, we found this in in, uh, the writings of the ancient world. Uh, It's Epimenides was the person who said that, who's from Crete. A Cretan said... Cretans are always liars. How do you know that the Cretan was right? Was he telling the truth when he said that? If, he, if, if Cretans are always liars, how do you know that he was telling the truth? So there's maybe this, this humor here. But Paul, he then says, this testimony is true. Uh, at least for among these false teachers that were there, that were, that were proclaiming a, uh, a gospel Of Jesus plus this, this testimony was true. And Paul urged Titus to rebuke them sharply. Again, that was the pastor's duty. That was Titus's duty. And that's any pastor's duty. To rebuke sharply false teaching. And there's a reason that he follows this here. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Think about that. The reason for the rebuke is not to cut them off. The reason for the rebuke is not so that Titus feels good about his rebuking. The reason for the rebuke is so that they may be sound in faith. So whenever a pastor goes to a person, one of the reasons is it's to protect the rest of the congregation so that the rest of the congregation is not upset. Like here, it was upsetting whole families. But another reason is so that they would be... Let me see the words again. That they may be sound in faith. It's for the sake of the false teacher himself. So that they might turn from their way and from their teaching and to the true gospel. He gives a little bit more characterization of what this false teaching was like. They devoted themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. We, this is not talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament was Scripture. Paul quoted the Old Testament often. The Old Testament and the New Testament is God's Word together. But, I think maybe he was talking about 
a lot of the other Jewish writings of the day. A lot during the intertestamental period, you have got lots of things. Some of them you find in the in the uh, apocrypha. Some are pseudepigraphal writings. There's all these different kinds of of writings. Uh, some of them very mystical. Uh, you, I can name some of them. Uh, uh, we we uh, uh, we have proverbs in. The Bible, that's sacred scripture, but there's other writings called uh, uh, Syriac, uh, the Wisdom of Solomon. Um, um, I, I, could, I could name some others if I had some time, but there were a lot of other writings. Some of them were very fantastical, like the book of Enoch. Uh, Paul here is saying... These false teachers, they're devoting themselves to all these other things instead of scripture itself. And Paul says, stay to the scripture as taught. As he says in verse 9. And, and not the commandments of men. Uh, Jesus, you know, he, this is one of the things he rebuked the Pharisees for. Uh, they taught as doctrines the commandments of men. And this is something we often try to do. We'll, we'll make all kinds of rules about how we are to live that go above and beyond what the Scripture says. And we'll hold other people to those same standards. This is not what we ought to do. This is uh, not making a bunch of rules that are just the commandments of men and not the commands of God. Verse 15 this was probably very startling to Paul's audience, to the church there. To the pure, all things are pure. To the pure, all things are pure. It, it, it took me a while of thinking. I had some help from a commentary to really understand what this is talking about. This is, again, talking about this false teaching of the circumcision party. To the pure, all things are pure. If you have been born again, if you are saved, then you are pure. Jesus has washed you white as snow. It's kind of like that meat sacrifice to idols thing. When Paul saw meat sacrifice to idols, he said, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as, as uh, God's. Other than the one true God. We know that there's nothing about this. So you're free to eat. But on the other hand, if someone sees that and it would cause them to stumble, then we'll hear Paul is saying, to the pure, all things are pure. If you've been washed in the blood, he's not saying, you know, let us sin so that grace may abound, like the objection we see in Romans. That's not what he's saying. But when it comes to all these man-made regulations to the pure, one who has been changed by Jesus, one who has been washed in the blood, all things are pure. We don't have to to follow all these man-made regulations, ceremonial things. But all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. And these defiled and unbelieving... I think he's talking about the false teachers themselves. These people who add something more to the gospel. 
These people who were adding Jesus plus these regulations. Jesus plus circumcision. Jesus plus a man-made law. Those were the ones who were defiled and unbelieving. They did not trust in Jesus. They trusted in their works. To those who are are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. If you're trusting in your works to get you to heaven, nothing is pure. That's what Paul is saying. But their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their works, they deny Him. They say, I know God. I'll even talk about Jesus. But by their works, in requiring other things to come to Jesus, they deny the gospel. In requiring you've got to clean yourself up before you can come to Jesus, they deny the gospel of free grace. Paul says, these people who try to clean themselves up and make themselves presentable for God, these people who are false teachers, who are requiring works, good works to be saved, it says they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. While they were requiring good works for salvation, Paul says they were unfit for any good work. The gospel was so important to Paul that that and it is should be so important to us that when we see any false teaching anything that comes up that that teaches a kind of a legalistic gospel the pastor needs to stand up and say no to silence it right where it is to rebuke them sharply paul says here because the gospel cannot be tampered with it is free grace alone Jesus died in our place. None of our good works could ever be enough. If we tried to just live a good life, to to be just a good enough person so that God would accept us, we would all be destined for hell. Because we can never do it. None of our works, our good works, Our righteous deeds could ever outweigh our sin. But Jesus' blood washes away all our sin. That is the gospel. And it is so important that a pastor is called to just silence anyone who says anything different. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.